Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Sterry, and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Sterry, that's S-T-A-R-Y music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and see live streaming of many of my performances on Periscope. My new album, White Knuckle Life, as well as my other original records, are available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, etc. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. Also, consider helping get the word out in the street via social media, five-star rating and review on iTunes, word of mouth, etc. Happy Thought of the Day is by Johann Sebastian Bach. It's easy to play any musical instrument. All you have to do is touch the right key at the right time, and the instrument will play itself. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 21. Beautiful weather we're having here in Minnesota. Almost time to start playing some shows on some patios. Sad to say that the Twin Cities Minnesota music scene has lost an important member. Multi-instrumentalist Brian Gallagher passed away suddenly this last week. Thoughts go out to his family, friends, and bandmates. Last week's gigs wrap up. Wednesday, I played a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota. Good post-dinner crowd. Thanks to Tracy for always giving me an interesting song of the week to check out and report back on. Friday, I played a solo show at Ingredients in White Bear Lake, Minnesota. Absolutely packed in there. Great food, atmosphere, staff, etc. The Shrimp Diablo is to die for. Saturday, due to a family emergency, Brian Johnson was unable to join me for the usual ruckus at JJ's Pub in Breezy Point, Minnesota. Was a great time, though. My ears are still ringing. Surprised to see my old basketball coach stop in after he saw my name in the marquee. You never know who you're running to up there. See everyone again in a couple months. Upcoming shows, Wednesday, March 9th, 2016, I'll be performing a solo show at Pub 42 in New Hope, Minnesota from 8 to 10 p.m. Thursday, March 10th, 2016, I'll be playing a private show at The Orchard in Baldwin, Wisconsin from 5 to 8 p.m. Friday, March 11th, 2016, I'll be playing a solo show at Nova in Hudson, Wisconsin from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. Saturday, March 12th, 2016, Brian K. Johnson and myself will be rambling on down to Balsam Lake, Wisconsin to rock out at Thirsty Otter's Spring Party from 9 to 12. Guest this week is Michael Nelson. He is the director of the upcoming documentary film Lifers, a songwriter, producer, engineer, etc. And we discuss his new film, Recording Studio, A Haunting in Connecticut Part 2, his latest record, etc. Enjoy the conversation. Mr. Michael Nelson, 
Welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. How you doing, my friend? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Thanks for having me. Yep. We are here at the beautiful Old Chicago in Roseville, Minnesota, right off of Snelling Avenue here. And uh, kind of a gloomy day outside, a little rainy, but it's it's warm out. The roads are good. And uh, we're having a nice afternoon yes, sitting here at uh, Old Chicago. Going to get a bite to eat. and Yes, have we a have couple. food on the way. Yep. Heck, yeah. Um, so I was recommended by Brian Layton to contact uh, Michael here regarding uh, this possible movie uh, documentary called Lifers, and Michael was just telling me a little bit about that. So I thought I'd stop and just hit record and, and have you continue on with your story, if that's okay. Sure, yeah. Um, well, I, I started uh, this idea with... Um, I, I've been interested in... I, I've, Let's see here. I've decided uh, a while ago that I want to make a movie. I've been a musician my whole life, and I've and uh, as soon as uh, Apple came out with the iMovie <laughs> about 15 years ago, I started playing with that, and I thought, boy, this there's a lot of similarities in in the thought process to editing a movie or editing music, um, and uh, I just found myself editing my son's basketball games. I would go videotape those or videotape my kids skateboarding out in the front street or whatever and, and started really enjoying the editing process of, of movies. And, uh, and I've been watching movies uh, in a whole different light now that I've kind of dove into the whole editing thing. Yeah. So, uh, like I said too before, I, by no means am I a, a filmmaker. I've never made a movie before. But, but I am a storyteller. I'm a songwriter and, uh, and I'm a storyteller. So, I want to tell some stories in this documentary movie. And the movie is called Lifers. Yep. And uh, it's basically telling my own story through the stories of some friends of mine that are musicians, actors, comedians. Yep. Um, And uh, I've always been intrigued uh, with people who follow their dreams to no end. (laughs) No matter how tough things get, no matter how poor they get, no matter how broke they get, um, and how stubborn they get, uh, I, I'm I'm kind of I'm one of those guys. I've 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 refused to live live the mundane life, and so I just thought it would be an intriguing story to to dive into the minds of Tim Mahoney, G.B. Layton, Peter Brettmeyer, Stacia Rice, Mark and Lisa Flora, um, John Bush. How did you pick those seven artists, Minnesota artists, to be featured in your film? I basically picked them because they were all friends of mine. When I, I really dove into this thing kind of blind. I, I started with the idea. Uh, I'm, I've been friends with Tim Mahoney and Brian Layton for a long time. I used to open for their bands back in the 90s when I was a... a aspiring rock star. What band was that? It was the Michael Nelson Group. Nice. <laughs> I don't hear group very often no. anymore. Well, could be Project, confused confused, confused for a law firm, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe it did. That's why I never took off too far. But anyway, yeah, so um, I got to know those guys back in the early 90s when I was opening for their bands, and, and um, they were always gracious and let me open for them when, whenever possible. And and I've kind of kept in touch with those guys over the years. Not, not regularly, but come across each other. And, and I just thought, gosh, you know, these guys have so many fans. 
still. They've been at it for so long, and they both have such interesting stories. I, 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 those guys were my first calls when I said, you know, I'd like to tell your stories. Yeah. And they both jumped all over and said, yes, let's do this. So then, then the momentum started, and I started thinking about who else has these similar stories. Very cool. Yeah. I'm sure it can relate to a lot of uh, Minnesota artists. These, these people, all seven of these, these people that I've mentioned in this film, have literally been at this since they were kids. They've been just pursuing what they really want to do for a living. And some of them had great success. Some of them have had not great success. But I, I consider any success to be able to do what you love for a living is, is a success. Yeah. It's all about how you define the word success, yes, I guess. Yes, exactly. exactly. Um, so starting a documentary, do you watch a lot of documentary films? And if so, what's some of your favorite documentaries? <laughs> I've started to. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know if I have a favorite documentary. I, um, I watched, um, I just watched the Eagles documentary, which was about three or four hours long. I don't yeah, know if you've seen that one. one. Yeah, um, that was great. Uh, I, saw, I saw a documentary on Muscle Shoals. I think it's actually called that. Yeah. Um, I thought that was great. Um, there's a, a documentary on Sun Studios that Dave Grohl did. I'm just thinking of music documentaries right yeah. now. But you see the one of Big know, Star with Alex Chilton? I have seen that. That's a good one. Yep. I didn't know anything about Very that, good. so that was kind of cool. Yep. Very cool. I haven't watched a Keith Richards one on Netflix yet. Uh, I haven't seen that either. I watch a lot of sports documentaries. Oh, um, those thirty I, for thirties. Yeah, the thirty for thirties. Again, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not the kind of guy. I, I have not cut my teeth in movie making or or really know anything about it. But I but I do consider myself a storyteller, and and if I can get good, uh, good, what am I trying to say? Content. Thank you. <laughs> if I can get good content, if I can get good stories, uh, I believe I can put them together and, and really... So let's say the funding comes through and you want to... The, the, the movie's filmed. Yeah. Were you planning on following these artists around and filming them? Yes. Or has that part already been done? No, no. Um, there's going to be a lot of following everybody around. So, uh, watching them do their craft, uh, watching them cook breakfast for their kids, watching them clean up the dog crap in their backyard. I mean, literally get to know these people and, and really kind of take, take the veil away of, of what it's like to be Tim Mahoney or Stacia Rice or one of those people. Very know? cool. Yeah. Um, so what would be a goal? Would you try to have this movie in local theaters? Or would you try to get it on like a DVD to sell at shows? You know, or would you try to get it on Netflix? That I, I I haven't even gone that far. Want to make the movie first, then I'll worry about how to get it seen. Like they say, if it was easy, everybody'd be doing. Yeah, it. isn't that the truth? Uh, have you ever seen the Taylor Hatford documentary about Chuck Berry's 60th birthday? No. Called Hail Hail Rock and Roll. No. Um, it's great. It's a concert with. You know, Keith Richards is playing, Clapton, Linda Ronstadt with Chuck. And it's, you know, it's really cool show and behind the scenes. Right. Anyway, on the DVD, he had a part two that he released to the DVD, and it was all the behind the scenes stuff of Chuck 
not behaving so well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to check that one out. So when you make when this life first finally comes out on DVD, yeah, you have thought about s- having. There'll have to be some B roll, right? Yeah, have a like a rated R version. Yeah, release to right. the fans of all the all the musicians not behaving so there well. There you go. Yeah, it could be a very controversial film. <laughs> Um, so you also, besides working on this film, you do a lot of, you have your own studio. Mm-hmm. What's that called? Uh, I don't really have a name. I guess I call it uh, Nell Sound Studio. Nell but Sound? Yeah. It's, it's just, a, um, I have a three-stall garage in my house, mm-hmm. and I built out one of the stalls into a little workable studio. Okay. And you primarily record up-and-coming artists? Like you said, you do a lot of commercial stuff, like for Target. And- yeah, I... You know, I I, do, I wear a lot of hats, so I, I kind of do, um, well, 10 years ago, I, I used to work at a place called Compass Productions. We did uh, the Lifescapes records that you used to see in Target stores. Okay. You press the button on the end of the aisle, and you could listen to the different styles nice. of music. Yeah. I had uh, a few different jobs there. I was an engineer there. I was an executive producer on some stuff. I did customer service. I did all kinds of stuff there. But... Um, when I left Compass, um, they were bought out by a, a Canadian company, and I decided if I'm going to actually do what I really want to do for a living, I'm going to have to jump off the cliff. So uh, 10 years ago is when I, I had a few clients lined up, and I decided to try to make a living at being a composer and a producer. Mm-hmm. And um, I forgot what your question was. <laughs> Talking about your studio. Yeah, so that that's uh, I had I'd built the studio um, actually before I jumped off the cliff per se, but um, so yeah, I've been uh, you know for the last ten years I've been getting up for work and walking into my garage every morning. Nice. Yeah, I love it. I was going through your website, uh, michaelnelson.com. Michael Nelson Music. michaelnelsonmusic.com, and I was looking at some of your album credits. Yeah, and you've worked with. Zillions of people. I have. A um, couple interesting ones off the top of my head. Uh, I might have to watch this this afternoon. <laughs> a Haunting in Connecticut 2. Oh. <laughs> What's that all about? That, that is one of those uh, who-you-know situations. Uh, one of my childhood buddies, longtime friend, his name is Tom Elkins, he was the director in that movie. Okay. And uh, he just called me. He's, he's always been a, a He's a lifer, <laughs> and he's another lifer. Yeah, he. Uh, we've been kind of dreamers since we were kids, and he was the guy who was going to be the big movie producer, and I was going to be the the music rock star. And he's the real music <laughs> movie producer. And I'm, <laughs> I'm working in my garage, but I'm making it work. Anyway, when he uh, he's been a Hollywood film editor for a number of years, but he he got his first directing job and called me and said, "Hey, I can I have some influence here." If, if you have a tune that might work in this movie. So I threw him a couple ideas, and and uh, so my, my song is in a horror movie. Uh, nice. And uh, it's, uh, it's actually in a part of the uh, movie where this woman's riding in her convertible car, and my song's on the radio. It's kind of cool. I'll watch. My kids afternoon. actually think it's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> I heard I heard my youngest bragging to his friends that his dad's song was in a movie. So well, I'm gonna brag to my friends at, yeah. <laughs> at dog class that yelled here on the podcast. There you go. Little girls, they love to dream. They close their eyes and try to see. 
Paint a picture of the road that's going far away. Uh, another one I saw up there at the top of my head was uh, Hoop Dreams. Yeah, now that... I had no idea that I was even... Yeah, you remember that movie? It's a docu- yes, great I documentary. Do. That's another documentary. That's a that's a big name, man. Yeah, um, I actually that's kind of deceiving because uh, I am. My voice is in a song on that. I'm I'm not even credited. You were in the movie. No, I no, <laughs> no. My kid might be though. <laughs> um, no, uh, when I was I used to be an engineer at Creation Audio, a recording engineer, and. Um, I was there was two studios and I was in the back studio working and, and um, Ben Sidron you know who Ben Sidron is he's uh, he's a Wisconsin guy he was he started with Steve Miller he was in Steve Miller's first band cool yeah so Steve Miller used to record at Creation when I was there I never got to do any of their sessions but it was pretty cool to see him hanging around in the studio anyway Ben Sidron was working on was he a nice guy uh he's yeah he was fine. He never really gave me the time of day, but I didn't really try to okay. get it either. So I kind of learned in that in that situation to just kind of mind my own business unless people wanted to talk yeah. to me. So Steve Miller, that's good. Yeah, Paula Abdul uh, recorded there when I was there too. <laughs> wow. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, but a lot of cool local records were being made there too. The Trip Shakespeare Volt records was being made there when I was when I was there. Um, okay. Gear Daddies were recording there when I was there. It was Which pretty Gear Daddies fun. record? You know, I don't know if they were even doing a record, but they were in there quite a bit, um, working on something. Okay. It was a fun fun place to... I was young. I was 25. It was a fun place to kind of cut my teeth. Okay. So, anyway, back to Hoop Dreams. Uh, one of the engineers came into my studio and said, hey, we're going to need a bunch of voices. Uh, ben Sidron's doing this song for a, a documentary film. And uh, so it was about 10 of us guys. We uh, stood around a microphone and did that hoop dreams part in the the actual theme song. So it was about a 20-minute session, and I had no idea what it was for or what I was doing. But, yeah, I put my bass voice on. and, And then years later, I'm watching the movie with my kids, completely forgot about the whole thing. And that song came on in the credits, and I, and I could hear the, my part, along with, you know, 10 other guys. But I, I looked at my kids, and I said, you're not going to believe this, but that's my voice in there. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, what, what the heck, throw it on my credits. Yeah, why not? Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a great story. Yeah, I, it was um, fun. <laughs> Let's see. So you've also done a lot of work with uh, Billy Johnson. Yes. And uh, you were telling me about that uh, during lunch. So you worked on a number of his records and performed with him as well. That's yeah. That's a name around the cities a lot of people would yeah. know. Yeah. Billy's a, a, one of my best friends. Uh, I've known Billy since college. I went to Gustavus Adolphus College. And when I was a senior at Gustavus, Billy was a freshman. And I used to play music at school, and, and Billy was uh, also playing music. So we kind of knew who each other were. And I got to know him a little bit after college produced one of his demos and um, joined his band, the Hillcats, in the late 90s. Um, kind of, uh, 
I, I became the bass player of the Hillcats, and I still am. We play a couple times a year, but I wasn't even a real bass player, but I owned a bass, and, and their bass player was quitting, and I called Billy, and I said, you know what? I'm your new bass player. And he laughed. I said, I'm serious. I'm coming to rehearsal. And <laughs> so I had to learn how to play bass. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So anyway, I've, I've known Billy for 25, 30 years now. Okay. 25 years. And, um, yeah, I've produced, uh, boy, probably three or four of his solo records and uh, also a few of his uh, gospel records that he does with his sister. Okay. So let's talk about some of your original records and performances. So you go, your original stuff goes as the Will Ryans? Yeah. Well, with the name Michael Nelson, once the internet got popular, I I'll I, tell you, I typing decided, in your name, looking for stuff yeah, on iTunes, yeah, oh my. Good luck, right? It was, all came up as Michael Jackson. Yeah. Like yeah. I typed your name on, YouTube, on iTunes to download some stuff, and it came up, everything was Michael Jackson. Oh, every, there's so many Michael Nelsons. I, I meet a new one every day. Matter of fact, in this town, there's another Michael Nelson, which a lot of people know. He's a trombone player. He played with Prince, and uh, he's a well-known uh, composer and uh, okay. a trombone player. But anyway, I've actually gotten checks that were supposed to be <laughs> for him <laughs> in the past. <laughs> so I did not cash them, Michael. You didn't stumble across some good old blues stage name or anything like that? No, you know, I, I live on the, the sides, the cross street, uh, my house is uh, Will Ryan, W-I-L-R-Y-A-N. Oh, I gotcha. And I just, uh, a few, I, I've put out six or seven solo albums and, and a few records ago I decided, you know what, I'm just going to change the name so people can find me, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it made I, it easier once I found out yeah. that was the name, yeah. Yeah, with the name Michael Nelson, it's just way too generic. <laughs> so... Studying your original stuff, yeah. I mostly was going over. Is this your recent record, Bell Tower? Yeah, that it's actually it's it's amazing how fast a record gets old now. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I finished that a couple of years ago. Um, I'm working on another one right now, but um, yeah, that's my latest record. Bell See, Tower. I heard a lot of uh, influence. Uh, what's the last song on the record of the Bell song? That was really cool. Ring the bells. Ring the bells. Yeah, I heard a lot of 10 CC in that. Oh, cool. That's a 10 compliment. CC, and I heard some uh, Peter Gabriel. Yeah, and it sounded like My Morning Jacket mixed with some Wilco too, and kind of. Yeah, artsy. you know, people that I've played that record for have said it's probably the most eclectic thing that I've ever done, and I just kind of went into it. Uh, you know, ever since I gave up the whole rock star dream <laughs> and decided I'm just going to make music because I love to make music, mm-hmm. I kind of go into it now um, with a no rules attitude. Um, Whatever is kind of entertaining me at the time, I, I dive into. Uh, you know, I, I play most of the instruments on the record, so, and I have my own studio, so I, I can spend a lot of time just playing with ideas, and, and sometimes, uh, you know, these crazy ideas end up being the good ones. One instrument that was featured on a number of the songs, the saxophone. Who played that? Is that you? No, I do not play any horns, <laughs> although I can program them fairly believable these days. <laughs> um, uh, I had a guy named uh, Andy Nelson play saxophone on that, and then I had uh, Stephen Kung on trumpet and Matt Darling on trombone. How about the female vocal? I had a f- couple of different females sing on that. Um, Lisa Flora is singing on some of it. Uh, Tanya Hughes is singing background on some of it. Trying to think who else I have. Oh, uh, Karen Paris from the old uh, Holiday Ranch fame. Okay. 
Very I, cool. I actually played guitar for for I got to know Karen back in the early '90s because I got to play guitar for them uh, on the road for uh, for a quick tour out west. So I've known Karen for a long time. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So every week on the podcast, I have a story behind the song segment. Oh, okay. We talked about a song we'd like to feature on here at the end of the podcast. Off your bell tower record, a song called Now She Knows. Yeah. Um, what's the story behind that song via songwriting or production or anything you'd like to share about that song? Hmm. Um, well, I'm not going to get into what the lyrics mean because uh, it's kind of personal. It's about somebody that's very close to me um, who is kind of... Uh, well, we'll just leave it at that. But I can tell you uh, where the production ideas came from and the, and the style came from. Um, I don't know about you, but when I, I go in different phases in writing, sometimes it's just influenced by whatever record I think is cool at the time that I've been listening to. Um, and I was listening to, uh, you know the band Parachute? Kind of. There's a band called Parachute that's John Fields uh, actually produced their last record. The last two, I think. Anyway, there was a song uh, on one of their records that I just th- thought it had the best groove. And I had just gotten some uh, a new drum plug-in for my Pro Tools that had some really cool kind of R&B sounding kits. And, and I was just playing around with programming drums one day, and, and I thought, and I had a chord progression. I actually stole some of the chords from that song. Um, I was learning... You remember that song uh, by... It was Janice Ian's only hit, um, 17, at 17. Okay. Great song. If you don't know it, look it up. It's one of the best songs ever written, in my opinion. <laughs> anyway, I was, um, I was trying to figure out this Janice Ian song, and there's a couple of just weird jazzy chords in there. And I don't know about when you write songs, but a lot of the time I'll write a song because somebody teaches me a cool new weird chord and I'm like, well, <laughs> there, there, there's a, yeah, exactly. It's gotta <laughs> be in there somewhere. So I took, I stole a couple chords from her song at 17 and, uh, which is a ballad by the way. And, and I, I changed it into this funky, uh, riffy R and B type groove song. Awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a great song. Thank you. So if someone's interested in recording at your studio yeah. or booking you as an artist or wants more information on lifers, how do people get a hold of you? What's your website or what's your contact information you'd like to share My with My website is uh, michaelnelsonmusic.com. You can get a hold of me there. You can see all my album credits and what I do and... Um, yeah, I love to work with young singer-songwriters or old, um, and uh, again, I, I play a bunch of different instruments, so I'm, my kind of my specialty is being the band for somebody who, who needs a band, so they don't have to organize getting a band. If you're a singer-songwriter, I can, I can kind of wear all the hats and, and be a one-stop shop for a singer-songwriter. Oh, sounds awesome. Uh, last question. Um who are you voting for? <laughs> just, just joking, man. Mr. Michael Nelson, thank you for being on the Mark Stereo thank Music you. Podcast. Is, I appreciate this it, This was man. really fun. Yep. All right. Thanks for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Stereo Music Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for a new podcast about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. 
Until next time. She's walking in her high heels, so searching in the minefield. Ever wonder how love feels when it's tied to condition? She's carrying a big load, standing tall when the wind blows. It's not hard to see the halo, and it's right there above her. Leading out the crazy light, better now every day. Living out what she needed. Set a big bite. I need a mirror when the groove's tight. I got no answers. Believe good enough alone now. Love will get along somehow. Every candle's got a burn out. This party's over. Leading out the crazy Every day